Hello everyone, this is the Game Podcast from The Times. I'm Natalie Sawyer and we do thank you for joining us at what is a very difficult time for everyone. We are continuing to social distance here on our podcast, so joining me remotely, as ever, it's Gregor Robertson and today, delighted to say, Alison Rudd joins us as well. Gregor, let's get straight to it. Press up challenge. How's it going? What number are we at yet? I'm back in the game. 45 this morning. Small increase. Wow. (laughs) And... Is there a time period that you have to get to 45? No, I mean, there's people have done like 90s. Oh, Yeah, wow. I know. I know. I'm still well behind the, well behind some people, but um, I'm back in the back in the game. So let's just, just clarify. Once you've got to, like today to 45, are you just, are you knackered? Is that why you're giving up? Oh, honestly, there's a video I, sh- I, I probably shouldn't uh, put on Twitter or anything because it'd be highly embarrassing, but... Um, I absolutely collapsed in a heap on the floor in the garden oh. outside afterwards, yeah. so. Oh, dear. Well, look, you're, you're doing well. You're on the up, and that's the main <laughs> thing. Uh, let's Thank check you. in with with how Alison is getting on. Are, are you still playing some garden tennis? No, because that was stupid, wasn't it? So <laughs> I've, got the, uh, I've got the table, ten- table tennis table out instead, which is far more sensible. Oh. Inspired by the fact all the neighbours seem to have them, and I'm very suggestible. So if I hear that ping, ping, ping... <laughs> I have to join in, but you can't join in because you're not allowed to. So um, dusted down table tennis table. It was broken, but now mended. Got enough uh, balls, got bats that are workable. So it's quite good fun. Oh, I did see, though, on social media, there were neighbours who were playing badminton over the fence. They both were wearing gloves. So they were, you know, keeping uh, germs at bay. But maybe that's something you could introduce, Alison, to the neighbourhood. (laughs) Well, they already think I'm a bit a bit nosy and over the top I don't think I'll do that (laughs) (laughs) fair enough Uh, just lastly Gregor we're seeing lots of people having to take to cutting their own hair how's how's your little uh, hair bonnet getting on my bonnet Um, (laughs) you know it's funny you should say this I mentioned to my girlfriend the other night that um, I could emerge I'm I'm starting to go slightly thin so I could emerge from oh, this yeah. isolation period as uh, like long hair and thin, so like a Bobby Charlton comb over or something. That would be my worst nightmare. <laughs> Hope not. Fingers crossed. Oh, Gregor, I can't <laughs> wait to see you with the comb over. Okay, coming up, Alison tells us what it was like chatting to the Liverpool star Sadio Mane. And we're having a game of football scrabble. Hmm, all's going to be revealed right after this. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. 
Okay, let's start with some good news around all the doom and gloom. Premier League footballers have officially launched their fundraising drive. It's the hashtag of Players Together that they've started. It aims to raise significant sums of money for NHS workers and those in most need in this COVID-19 crisis. The initiative was announced simultaneously by a whole host of stars, such as Jordan Henderson, Harry Maguire and Harry Kane on social media and follows talks between all 20 top flight captains. Now, we told you last week how Henderson headed up the voluntary scheme, which we should point out is separate to the current talks that are taking place between players and their respective clubs on the issues of pay cuts. After asking players to play their part in combating the coronavirus pandemic, Health Secretary Matt Hancock thanked the players, tweeting, warmly welcome this big-hearted decision from so many Premier League footballers to create players together to support NHS charities. You are playing your part. Gregor. How much credit do these players then deserve for starting this initiative? Yeah, they do deserve credit. I mean, like I've said in the past week or so, I found this whole episode quite quite bizarre, to be honest. It says quite a lot about us as a country, I think, that uh, the sort of the philanthropy of footballers is kind of going to lift everyone's spirits. But look, they do deserve credit because Jordan Henderson, as we said, spearheaded this idea long before... Matt Hancock or Julian Knight or anyone got on their high horses. Um, and he, you know, he went out and got phone numbers of all the other captains in the Premier League and, and uh, set up a WhatsApp group and, and you know, he's he's putting hard yards for it and everyone else got on board. Um, and it's 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 quite touching, in fact. If you, if you think about that we've got footballers and captains from all over the world, um, some of them might not have, you know... The UK isn't necessarily their, their, their kind of. They, they might have the need to send money back home as well, um, and it's, it's quite touching that all these guys, these guys have come together and done this. And the, the one line from the statement which leapt out to me the most was that it will help enhance the well-being of NHS staff, volunteers, and patients impacted by COVID nineteen. So, you know. It, there's a whole argument about whether footballers should have to help fund the NHS, but if it's helping f- make people's lives easier, I think that is a very, you know, that's a hugely valuable thing to be spending money on just now because there are a lot of people who are experiencing some serious hardship and, and you know, are, are actual kind of heroes <laughs> for the country at the moment. And if there's any way that this money can make their lives easier, uh, that's a good thing. Yeah, I mean, part of the the reason footballers have come in for criticism was what appeared to be their slow action. Alice said, if we're playing devil's advocate, could we ask why it took them so long? No, I think the question is, how did they do it so quickly? If you think about Uh it, they they have to pass this by their families. Um, They have to pass it by their agents. They have to worry about what their club management and board members will think. They, it, it's very hard to go out on your own or to to do anything without knowing that the group's behind you. So they will have needed reassurance that this was really going to happen and it would be supported broadly by Premier League players. They needed to know that there was no vested interests involved. And also, if you think about how you and I might uh, contribute to charity, one of, I mean, anybody who does is always worried, where's the money going? And they want to know, mm. is this a charity that, spends well is it a charity that has very high admin costs 
a friend of mine who um, managed to make a reasonable amount of money is is putting it back into good causes but he does an awful lot of research that takes a lot longer than it's taken the Premier League footballers to work out how to do this um working out which charities actually do and don't need money because there are a lot of charities out there for example who touch the heartstrings of people but actually don't need money what they need is the research or the raw materials um, guide dogs for example you don't they, you need getting guide dogs isn't a money option it's about just making sure that they're coming through the system it's more about about um the way the way you run the process rather than needing lots and lots of cash so i think that in itself is is something they have to work through because there's no point feeling that did it go to the right place would we have been better off because there's been all this trouble about talk about um the taxation system and aren't you just better as a society if you pay your taxes in full because the government know best how to to spend it especially in a pandemic so they there are moral and practical and personal issues to work through and i think maybe some of the players wouldn't have even thought of half of those things but i suspect enough did to make sure that it's it's been done properly and so no, I don't think they've been slow when you take into account what they ought to at least have thought about. Yeah, no, we we should say it's a wonderful gesture from from the footballers doing this. And, and Greg, you know, there are earlier on today in my other job, uh, we were speaking to a, a former boxer and I was asking him about some of the big earners in boxing. Have they done anything so public? And he said he hadn't heard of any uh, well-paid boxer doing anything. Of course, some may be doing it secretly and, and not wanting the publicity but do you think footballers do get unfair tags of, of, of not being good people of not doing enough well as I say this kind of comes back to the fact that footballers seem to be the only section of society really that have been called upon as a as a kind of collective to step up and do something here um, and that we discussed this before that is partly because football is a national sport and and people think football clubs are worth are, are should stand for something more than you know being a business and that in in turn makes the footballers a kind of the faces of those football clubs but look if we're talking about our footballers uh, unfairly tagged I think it's the same as any walk of life there are are some footballers who are kind of a little bit selfish maybe mercenaries who are in it to play are playing football for the money that's the truth of it Uh, and there are plenty more who are kind charitable you know, engage with the world around them. Um, but the one thread that, that kind of binds them all, I think, is is their background. And, and the vast majority of footballers are working class, you know, might have come from pretty poor uh, upbringings. And football is the thing that's kind of lifted them out of the, those circumstances. So, I, I, you know, I was, think, I was thinking about some of... I was thinking about... Uh, you know, there's been so much in the news recently about these Premier League captains, and one of them, Wes Morgan, I was in the youth team with at Nottingham Forest and played with. And he, when he got a trial at us, he had he had his toes were sticking out of his football boots. You know, he, the first thing he did when he got a professional contract was to buy his mum's council house. Uh, so, at the idea that <laughs> these guys are are looking after their families, looking after their futures, and and earning the money they've deserved and worked very hard for, it's lifted them out of poverty. And the idea that they're being called out, uh, kind of, and told to to step up and do their bit by politicians, I found frankly uh, a disgrace. So, look, 
there are footballers are charity do a lot of good work in the community, whether that's for the football clubs or by themselves. Um, but and and this is this is an example of it. Well, players together, as they said in their statement, is about we as players collaborating together to create a voluntary initiative separate to any other club and league conversations. We know, of course, there are talks still ongoing uh, between different uh, leagues and the PFA to see what more can be done. Uh, Earlier on today, Southampton uh, announced that the board of directors, the first team manager, the coaching staff and the first team squad would defer part of their salaries for the months of April, May and June to help protect the future of the club and the staff that work within it, as well as the community that they serve. Um, Alison, do we expect that the PFA will announce more plans perhaps to help well the, the, the pfa seem to be deeply entrenched in in feeling um that they need to protect it's, it's as though the pfa have on on top of their building uh, a player who is um 36 been injured a lot probably got some gambling problems um not doing very well and he's utterly protecting it's though almost their default position is what about the poor footballers who aren't famous and incredibly rich and you're, you're all mm. you're all picking on the wrong people. I, they, I, 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 I admire the the union element of it and that they do have to keep making that point that not every footballer is driving a gold plated car or whatever they do to them to make them funny colours and that you know there are, as Gregor said you know there are a lot more who've who probably spending almost all they earn on 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 various members of, of the family, making sure they're all okay. But it's I I don't know. I think what the key here, I think, given the backlash to furloughing, is that clubs, if they make it clear why they take the action they take, if Southampton can make it absolutely clear, this is well thought through. We're all in it together, and it does sound like they're making those. Um, deferrals across the board if you can prove that you're doing it with a business model and that nobody's going to be uh, uh, unfairly treated that it's equitable then it then I think everybody PFA included ought to back it because Mm. what what the argument over furloughing has drawn attention to most of all is football is just the wide array of, of massive personal wealth down to clubs that are run just they just run so very well and that's how they manage to cope in the Premier League but if you if you strip away three or four months of income and a bit of TV income and so on they've had it and I think therefore you have, I think you have to stop calling even even within the Premier League thinking oh they can all afford to do x y or z each club will have ought to have a very clear policy of what they need to be able to survive and come out of it well and I think if they communicate that with honesty to everybody involved, then players and backroom staff and whoever else is is paid by them will will accept it. So I think I think in a way, strangely, I was quite pleased to see that Southampton had said no to furlough, yes to a, a at least a plan. They've got a plan rather than just arguing over the status of football and and so on. 
Well, let's talk about uh, a former Southampton player. And how is this for a headline? I grew up using a grapefruit to play football. Now I'm dreaming of Ballon d'Or. That is Liverpool's Sadio Mane, who has been speaking to Alisson this week about his struggles with his family and uh, angry Senegal fans as well. It's a brilliant interview, which includes not having football boots or even a ball to play with when he was in Senegal, running away from home to catch a bus to football trials, Jurgen Klopp criticising him for looking like a rapper and not not a footballer, and having his house attacked after he missed a penalty against Cameroon during an Africa Cup of Nations quarterfinal in 2017. It's a real fascinating interview, Alison. I suppose the first question I should ask you is, how on earth did Mane become a footballer when you bear in mind his, his start to life? Yeah, no, it's incredible, and and that that's what uh, shone through with the story. Um, I watched the documentary that came out this week first, which is about his life. I mean, it's interesting because there's no footage of him. Of course, there isn't. He grew up in a very poor village, and nobody had the means to document his 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 great skill when he was a child. Um, but so there's a lot of sort of thinking back to how it was, and it's very clear he grew up in a he grew up in a poor area where you either, most people, they made money, they did it through farming. His own family were imams and uh, football didn't, just isn't part of their, their their religion, their philosophy, their belief system. They think it's wrong to play football. But he just he just loved the famous players of the time when he was young. And the kids did play with pamplemousses, which is great for in <laughs> France, which is the best word in the French language, in my opinion. And um, uh, they would play with them. And he did, he did tell me they're not ripe, so they didn't keep exploding. Because I had an image of him playing football just drenched in this sort of sticky liquid and it being nothing like football at all. Uh, so he was, he, was, he, was, he was lighthearted about it. I mean, in, in a way, he just, he, he's, as, he's as smiley as he looks on the telly. I mean, I, it was through Zoom, but I was, he was there long enough to realise that he does, he just, he's just not someone who dwells on the negatives. But yes, his his so everything was against him. His family didn't want him to play football. Um, the culture he grew up in didn't want him to play football. So he 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 ran away from home. He was only fifteen. Took him two took his family two weeks to find him. Oh. But it was a brilliant thing for him to have done because it really emphasised to his family he was serious. I mean, he he just upped and left at dawn um, with nothing, and so they knew. Oh, you know, they they must have thought, what what can we do with him? So they struck a deal, and they said, if you do one more year of schooling, then you can go to an academy. So if you think about it, uh, one of the finest forwards currently in the world didn't join an academy till he was sixteen. When you think of people of that age, if you look at their background, they will have they will have been playing football in in a properly organised posh place since they were five or six. So mm. it is incredible that he is as skillful and fit and tactically aware as he is given that he had a sort of late start and all his football was was on gravel with a pamplemousse I love the pamplemousse I remember there was a lip gloss that was a uh, called pamplemousse but anyway I'll move on from that <laughs> um but what what always comes across with with Sadio Mane Alison is that he is such a, a humble modest football a humble guy let's say and and when we talk about footballers doing things for charity and doing things he does an incredible amount for for Senegal doesn't he yeah and in a way I think that was the most poignant moment of the documentary and I would I would recommend people watch it actually um because it's um they show in the documentary it's not one of these sort of puff pieces they show they sort of uh eavesdrop on 
fans in the street in Senegal discussing Mane and saying, oh, he's rubbish. He, he doesn't try for his country. He's only bothered about Liverpool, doesn't care about us. And then they show footage of them rioting outside his house and his uncle's car being attacked. And generally, you, you just think, wow, you know, they, 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 because they, they see highlights of him on telly over there. Everything they see is perfection. And then he, he, he plays in a qualification game for Senegal. And if it doesn't come off, they just assumed he could be the player he is for Liverpool or Senegal. But of course, it's, it's, it's a completely different set of players with, who aren't as good as Liverpool teammates are. And uh, they weren't understanding that. And yet, the, the film ends with him going back to his small village because he's built a hospital and he has built a school. And he's standing on a balcony. And there aren't that many people there for him. Um, I don't know, about 40 or 50 maybe. And they they are cheering him. He's But it, you sort of think... Wow, you know, you he he felt that need to give back to a community, even though they had for a while turned against him, which, as you say, makes him out to be really humble and able to rise above what must have been emotionally very difficult for him. Mm. He was the bad guy, and they they forgave him because of the run. Um, of games in the African Cup of Nations last season, and uh, he was player of the match in the final. So there is there is a there is a sort of rapprochement now. They do they do they have extinct the fans. Most of the fans seem to have accepted that he he does he is able to shine for his country. Mm. But it it took far longer than it should have done. I think. Yeah, Gregor. When we think of Mane, the, the Liverpool player, just how good is he? Uh, I mean. <laughs> I think he's been he's probably been their best player this season. I know there are lots of people who would who could argue for Trent Alexander Arnold, Van Dyke, Jordan Henderson as well, who's who's been kind of bastion of consistency for them. Um but I think he's he's taken it to another level. It's, it seems that, you know, Mo Salah last season he he was the one lead, out of the front three who was kind of leading the way and and this this season uh, Sonny has stepped stepped into those shoes. I think you know he's, I think he's got eighteen goals and twelve assists in all comps, um, which is one more than Salah. I, I just, I think he, the this, the thing with Liverpool's team is it's it's their success is based on the kind of synergy that you know the the front three works so well together. The team is is very much a team. It's not one of kind of outstanding talents that you know. They have players who can win the game, but it's the kind of the machinery of the team that is what wins them the league. And it's just it's just a real shame that the season's being curtailed um, because he's he's stepping into that bracket of of really kind of top level elite elite players in the world. I think. Alison, do you agree of Mane's importance in particular this season to Liverpool? He's been vital. Oh well, absolutely, and um, but. We'll have to wait for the um, footballer of the year vote, but the, <laughs> it's very—it's quite possible it will be split so far that it isn't a Liverpool player because you can make a you can make a case for ooh, you can make a case for eleven players being <laughs> Liverpool's best player. I, so it's it's tricky, and that might be one reason why he doesn't win the Ballon d'Or because it's not like 
if you watch Liverpool, you think, you, you just don't think, oh, uh, they won that because of Sadio Mane. You don't really, you don't think that. It's just, it's more that he's just so beautifully entrenched in what they do. It's almost like um, hidden in plain sight sometimes because of, of just how well he, he dovetails. So I... Yes, of course, he's absolutely integral. But I, you could, I could say that about any any player, actually. So it's it's tough, and 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 it'll that's and the reason Jordan Henderson will win probably is simply because, well, he's he's also looked like a proper proper captain, hasn't he? Organising this, the players to give money to the NHS, but also when in doubt, give it to the captain, and and also when he was missing, Liverpool wobbled. So I think probably I'd go for Henderson as being the the key player, but it'd be. You know, I I, they wouldn't be as wonderful as they are without Sadio Mane. Mm. Of course, Gregor, we mentioned there at the top when we were introducing this little section on Mane is that he's dreaming of winning the Ballon d'Or. Is he someone you can see winning that? Or who who would be else in the running for that this season? Crikey. I mean, obviously Messi. Um, I think beyond that, it really is It's kind of... the playing field is levelled out a bit. I, I don't know if you could put Ronaldo in at least. He scored at a remarkable rate still this season, this season but um, he's changed. his game's changed so much. Uh, you know, Neymar has really not been at the level. He's, he's improved recently. Um, so I think he would be... I think he's close. I think he has stepped up to such an extent that um, he really is in that, that bracket now. Um, it would depend on, on how the season finished. You know, if he would need to... I think actually his form perhaps tailed away a little bit in the, in the last couple of weeks uh, before the season was curtailed. So um, look, he's he's, uh, he's he's I think he's been Liverpool's best player, despite uh, the arguments you can make for everyone else. And I think uh, it's just one of many reasons why it's such a shame that the season has been has been uh, halted for now. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
Well, Alison has had a very busy week, from interviewing Sadio Mane to inventing a whole new game for us to whittle away the hours in isolation. It's called Football Scrabble. So after listening to us, do grab your Scrabble board. The rules seem fairly simple, as Alison explains in her piece for The Times. Any word connected to football is permitted. You can have any first name as long as you know of a footballer with it. And so my family's inaugural match, as Alison said, we had Bob Wilson and Nigel Spink. Uh, any other rules that we need to know about Alison? It's sort of the opposite to normal Scrabble because everything's, <laughs> you know, a capital letter, isn't it? Ah! So you can have clubs, you can, the point is you can argue for words. So oh. we uh, allowed lazy, for example, because we felt that enough players had been erroneously <laughs> described as lazy. <laughs> Weirdly, if, if they'd all been correctly described as letters we might not have allowed it so each family will have its own way of deciding what they allow um but you need a lot of small words for scrabble to work so that you're allowed acronyms so the fa and sfa and so on are allowed oh just on the off chance if someone had the letters furlough would that work or we're not allowed that in football (laughs) yes no someone asked that on the times uh comments pages i said yes yes that would be allowed now Sadly, we don't have a Scrabble board to hand here on the podcast. So we've invented an audio version that you might want to play at home as well. Uh, you name a footballer, then the next person's footballer has to start with the letter the previous one ends on. So we're talking about full names here, please. So, for example, Sadio Mane, the next footballer to follow would be Edwin van der Sar, then Robin van Persie, uh, Ed de Hoye, and then Yannick Balassi, for example. So is everyone clear on the rules of our game? Yes, ma'am. Yes. Okay, good. Oh, I like this. Now, if you can't answer within five seconds, you're out. And I'm going to play as well. So we're going to start with me, then it's Alison, and then Gregor. So I'm going to start us off, Alison, with David Beckham. Which ends with an M. So I will say... uh, Let's see, why is Matthew Taylor. Matthew Taylor. (laughs) That's borderline. I know. (laughs) Uh, Robbie Keane. Oh my god, now already I'm panicking. What if it's Edu? Does that work? Yeah, it's fine. Edu. Ugo Ekihog. Oh. <laughs> Gordon Jury. Another E? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Emerson? <laughs> Don't know. <laughs> yes, that's allowed. Uh, Nicky Butt. Oh, pressure. I don't like it. Terry Harlock. Keith Curl. Is that an L or an E? E. An E. Is it? Oh, uh, Emil Heskey. Oh, gosh. Why? Yuri Tillmans. Stephen Taylor. Uh, Robbie Savage. <laughs> Eric Cantona. Ahmed El Mahamadi. An I? <laughs> Why? <laughs> uh, uh, Johan Kabai. Oh, very good. What's that then? E. e. He's tough. I think he's hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, and he's gone. 
Oh, Gregor, you're out. Oh, I'm so sorry. But uh, I think it's only fair to say that me and Alison are the joint winners. I think that's only fair. There's no point us carrying on because it'd just be embarrassing for you, Gregor, listening to our wonderful knowledge of footballers. Yeah, well done. Well done, you two. <laughs> well, do you know what? That is it for now. Also, of course, Gregor, it gives you more time to focus on your press-ups. So get, get your head into that press-up mode. <laughs> uh, that is it for now. Many thanks to Gregor and to Alison as well. You, you may find yourself with some time on your hands in the coming weeks. So do remember you can subscribe to The Times and The Sunday Times to enjoy award-winning journalism online and on your smartphone or tablet. It is just a pound a week for an eight-week trial. Search The Times subscription for more information. We will be back next week on The Game podcast. In the meantime, enjoy your Easter weekend. But most importantly, please do stay safe. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.